This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Chorley, bringing you the best of my Times Radio show. Don't forget you can listen live Monday to Friday, 10 till 1 on Times Radio. And we're live from the Conservative Party Conference all this week. Coming up on today's episode, I had a sit-down chat with Michael Gove, of all people, after his uh, extraordinary success in forcing Liz Truss into her first major U-turn. He also did the qu- hugely popular quiz, Can You Get to Number 10? So you can hear uh, what happened with that a little bit later on the podcast. First, though, as ever, we kick off with our columnist panel. Times Radio. Yes, and joining me on the Times Way, the very swanky Times Radio stand here on uh, here's the Talk Party Conference. Rachel Sylvester, morning. Morning. And Alice Thompson, morning. Morning. I don't think we've had you on together before. No, it's no, very exciting. We're quite a double act, actually. You are. I mean, how long have you been a double act? Maybe what, 25 what, years. Is it really? We're still quite young. <laughs> I'm still very young. We started when you were 10. <laughs> 10. Exactly. Have you, in all of those years, ever seen anything quite like it, Rachel? No. I mean, I can't think of a worse start to a party conference in 25 years of coming to them, at all parties, actually. So, first of all, the backdrop was, last week, the economy, absolute disaster. You know, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng looked like they'd sort of crashed the, the economy, lost their Tories' reputation for economic competence. Now this huge political U-turn, they've lost their political authority too. And I think even though a lot of the MPs here are thinking they've done the right thing, there is still a question about the, the values that that policy, the original policy, showed that they did want to cut that tax rate for the very wealthiest at the same time as not putting up benefits. Yeah. Uh, and they only U-turned because the MPs weren't going to vote that through. So I think the long-term political and economic damage of this is utterly catastrophic for the Conservative Party. Alice, can you put a better gloss on it than that? No, I think actually that it's almost worse because they... <laughs> I can't see how you come back from being the nasty party followed by the incompetent party, followed by a weak party, because they've done absolutely everything now, haven't they? They've, they've set, seems that they don't care about the poor in any way at all with their bankers' bonuses as well as the 45p tax rate, as well as now saying they're going to you know, c- cut down on benefits. And then on top of that, then it's incompetent because they, 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 you know, they didn't know what the markets were going to do. They had no idea how bad it was going to be. And now it looks weak, changing their minds. So they can't really win on any level now, I don't think. You mentioned the benefits thing. I did wonder whether, because there was clearly a, there was a massive problem with cutting the top rate of tax and saying and breaking the promise on increasing benefits in line with inflation. 
the fact that they've dropped the top rate of tax policy suggests they are going to press ahead with not increasing benefits in yes, line with I mean, inflation. they've got to make a lot of cuts, and I think the cuts are going to have to be there, they're going to have to be in probably health and education as well, and that's what people really mind about and are really worrying about. And I think the problem is they thought up these plans years and years ago, and they haven't understood that life has changed and that there is much more of a crisis now, and that you know, people are worrying not only about benefits but about mortgages, and, and actually even the super-rich don't want the cuts. I think that was the final answer for me, is that the, the donors and the bankers were going, we don't want this, we don't want people hating us in this They'd way They'd finally either. moved on from the crash yes. when they were the bogeymen. And, Rachel, it's interesting, there's sort of two things. There's clearly the 45p tax rate and... That was unpopular, and now they've U-turned on it. But what this episode tells us about the trust quarting machine, that it was clearly very unpopular last week, and yet she still went on the TV yesterday and defended it. They put out the press release saying he was going to stick with it. Somebody then tells the Sun at midnight last night, it's all off. Yeah. Um, and then it's Kwasi Kwarteng who has to go out this morning. You know, yesterday Liz Truss was saying it was his idea. This morning Kwasi let slip that it was her idea to drop it and he was told to drop it. Well, she has this self-image as this kind of Thatcherite, ladies not for turning, you know, not, I won't ever change my mind. But, of course, that's just not sustainable in the real world. And I think what's so interesting about all this is it's showing the splits beginning and the tension beginning between Kwasi Kwarteng and Liz Truss. So there were said to be tensions about whether or not they should put out that statement to reassure the markets yeah. last week. You know, what's happened over this weekend? Was there discussion between number 10 and number 11 about dropping this? I think that kind of the cracks are beginning to open up. And I did a profile for the Times magazine really uh, the, the weekend. weekend. Yeah. Um, what was so interesting, when I spoke to one of Kwasi Kwarteng's friends a couple of weeks ago, at that point he was saying, you know, not a cigarette paper between them, the Prime Minister makes the decisions, the Prime Minister, Liz Truss is the First Lord of the Chancellor, this yeah, person yeah. said. Kwasi Twateng's the second Lord of the Chancellor, uh, Lord of the Treasury, which of course is what, um, you know, in terms of um, the name is yes. true. Yeah, yeah. But that sounded like it was supposed to be supportive at the time, yeah. but now it sounds like a threat. Yes. Because if Liz Tress tries to get rid of Kwasi Kwateng, he can say, this was completely your decision, we're in this together. They are absolutely bound one to the other on this and on all the economic policy that they've been planning and discussing for yeah. over a decade. And the fact that the Cabinet wasn't consulted about it, Alice, you know, it was an extraordinary mission by Liz Truss yesterday on TV that they put this in the... He just announced it without even the Cabinet knowing what he was doing. Well, even more extraordinary, they didn't know there was going to be a U-turn either. So yeah. they haven't known either way. They didn't know it was going to happen and they didn't know then that Liz Truss was going to U-turn on it. So I think that's very difficult. I think the other really interesting one isn't just quasi and Liz, is actually Michael Gove. Because I think Michael Gove has worked with Liz Truss for quite a long time, and she was his junior minister. Yes. And he yeah, knows education. exactly yeah, how to... Almost like siblings, he knows where to go for the jugular, and he has. And he's, he's a really difficult enemy to have. I wouldn't want to have him on the other side, because he's also got the Brexit credentials. He, he gets that side of the party as well. You know, she didn't actually vote for Brexit. He brings quite a lot of the party with him, and now he's gunning for her, and he's got a lot of fringe events here. And he's, he's definitely determined to make sure that, you know, she suffers. And I think that is interesting, because he didn't do the same with Theresa May, and he's back most of the former prime ministers, having stabbed a lot of them in the yeah. back. I think that's the interesting Well, we've got him coming up in a minute, so I'll we'll, um, be interested to see what he said. The other thing that struck me, Rachel, was the, the rise of the former chief whips. It, was, I, I, it struck me that Michael Gove, Grant Shapps, Julian Smith, Mark Harper, 
all former chief whips all out there gunning for this 45p Was thing. Andrew Mitchell as well? I, don't, Almost, I didn't I mean, see him I, on this, but he yeah. has been on other things, hasn't he? has been he? on other things. And it's a reminder that these people know the party... Yeah better than anyone else. Well, also a reminder that Liz Truss was not supported by the majority of MPs, yeah. so that is why it's such an easy job for the former Chief Whips, because there isn't a kind of base of support for her. Uh, so she was kind of imposed upon them by the party activists, and they're now thinking about the voters, and yeah. they're realising that they're going to lose their seats if they keep going with this uh, kamikaze strategy. How bad has it been when you've been round and about? I mean, I was really struck last night walking around. Everyone I spoke to was saying it's over, it's finished, it's a matter of when, not if. Well, it's so damn big. I worry for Liz Truss on Wednesday that there's going to be this train strike and they'll all have gone home because at the moment they are so angry, so many of them, so upset. I think some of them haven't even bothered coming. It's much quieter than it would normally be. They're not filling out the halls. Yeah. And it must be really tough. I think even the ministers are going to find that they're, they're not receiving the same sort of adulation. If you think about this time last year when... Boris Johnson was here as Prime Minister. They could have had another 10 years, they thought. They were on a First kind of First big post-Covid conference. Yes, yeah. it was much more upbeat, optimistic. And, and I think now it really feels... Much, it's, sort of, it's sort of damp squib is not really quite making it. It's, it's really depressing, I think. Rachel? Well, also, it's com contrasted with Labour's event last week, where yeah. suddenly they were starting to look like a government-in-waiting. You know, it's not in the bag yet, of course, and they're not complacent, but they looked sensible. They were moving on to the centre ground... Yeah. Keir Starmer finally happy to emulate Tony Blair, actually not be afraid of winning an election. Um, they stopped all the kind of bickering and, you know, backstabbing. Now you come to the Tory conference and it's absolute mayhem. Is there, because we, you know, we, because politics has been so vo volatile for what, last six, eight, ten years, um, is there a risk that we declare that this is an absolute disaster, there's no way back from this, and actually we've seen. Boris Johnson was up and down quite a lot. Uh, ultimately, you know, he did have to go in the end. Theresa May was written off. Is there any way through this? Let's, let's try and focus on the positive. Well, that, the, the best thing, I think, for Liz Truss is that, that it would be incredibly difficult now to get another yeah. Tory leader. So I think in that way, I can't really see the way forward for the Tory party apart from to keep her and to keep backing her. Um, for the foreseeable future, because actually, if they get rid of her now and they put in Rishi Sunak or they have Boris Johnson back, they then look even more incompetent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I think her only hope is that they have really no alternative now. I think I agree with that, that she, it would just be ridiculous to topple another Tory leader. But the problem for them is that the damage has now been done to the Conservative brand, yeah. leaving aside Liz Truss as leader. So if she does lead them into the general election, it's back to they are the party of the rich, you know, they're not on your side. It's the impression that's been left compounded by this kind of slight sense of incompetence. And, you know, normally the party that's ahead in the polls on leadership and on economic competence wins. And that now currently is Labour. Switch to Labour, yeah, yeah. I suppose it, the, the, that's, the, that's the problem as well, because despite the fact she'd been an MP for a decade, the public didn't really know who she was. They definitely didn't know who Kwasi Kwarteng was. And their introduction to them yeah. is that they ruin their house purchase, put the mortgage up, crash the pound. Yeah, I think I mean, Rachel's exactly right. It is the nasty party back, and it took them years. They've had, you know, levelling up strategies. Um, Boris Johnson was quite good at the Red Wall, sort of bringing back people. And now they really genuinely look as if they're for a tiny elite who don't actually want them and are embarrassed by them. So I think that's going to be their difficulty, is who actually is now going to vote Tory and, and how you get into that situation when you've spent years as a party trying to be more inclusive 
is bizarre, I think. Well, it's amazing because they managed to ruin mortgages, ruin pensions, ruin benefits all within the, you know, the space of a few days. And it's almost the entire electorate covered by one of those. Yeah. So it's, it's slightly incredible, really. And I think that people... They're counting on people being quite selfish, I think, and people only voting for themselves. And what they haven't realised is actually there is some altruism left in this country, particularly you saw it after COVID. Yeah, that's but true. People do care, and actually, Libby did a very good column in the Times today saying that, that, that people will want to give back. They do, they do find it very... You know, it's, it, it's very hard to see people suffering that much, even if you're not suffering as much yourself. So maybe you're a pensioner and actually paid off your mortgage. You've probably got grandchildren who are never going to get on the housing ladder, and that's going to upset you as well. Mm. There was one thing, so the, there was a figure I read that, I don't know whether this is right, but something like 20 billion extra on government borrowing because of all the crisis in the gilts market. Well, bear in mind all of that huge row there was about not giving Kevin Collins 15 billion for schools. Yes, so they've squandered the entire money that you could have spent on you know, helping children catch up after the pandemic that they refused to do because they said it was too expensive and that's just been flush down the drain. And then That's they go and say, you know, go and get another job. I mean, that was it. Was sort of get a better job. Get a better job. Jake Berry, you know, Conservative chairman type view, is really, that is really get on your bike. And I think that's incredibly hard for people because, of course, they've tried to get better jobs. Yeah. Of course, ever, no one wants to stay. No one's thought of that. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. It, that, and that just makes them seem really, really unpleasant now. And that, that's dangerous for them. And also, it's now going to keep going. This, the, now that the authority has gone in Parliament... Is she going to get through the planning regulations? Is she going to get through changes on immigration, childcare, all these controversial crucially, issues? That's what she's going to go into the next election. You know, if interest rates are down, uh, you know, the cost of borrowing's down, she really needs that growth. Yeah. And it's not clear that she's going to be able to get through what she thinks is needed in order to, to yeah, get it. Exactly. Uh, and also, you're going to have the Office for Budget Responsibility coming up with its projections in a few weeks' time, or possibly even sooner if they're forced yeah. into another U-turn. And that, I don't think that's going to make very pretty reading for the government because they absolutely have to prove that they're independent in order to reassure the yeah. markets. I mean, you could say, if you're, if you're trying to be optimistic in any way, you could say she has hit the bottom almost now, that, that yeah. there's trust, that, that there are very few expectations. So if she gave a very good speech later on in if the week... If she gives a good speech, things have settled by Christmas. The markets have settled Start down a bit. growing a bit next mm. year. It's quite a tall order, though, isn't it? Quite a tall order. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Alice Thompson and Rachel Sylvester there. And, of course, you can read them in The Times every week. Just get yourself a digital subscription. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash timesredbox. Up next, it's Michael Gove. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. 
This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. You're listening to the Red Box Podcast now. It's time for this. Major Capital Letters Big News Story. Yes, it's a major Capital Letters Big News Story. Michael Gove is here. Good morning, Michael. Hi, Matt. Good morning. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Lovely to see you. Are you having fun? Um, it, well, it's been a very interesting conference. The last 24 hours, uh, I think, for anyone uh, who is a Times Radio listener, will have been a roller coaster ride. You've been, we'll talk about the specifics in a moment. You've been to a lot of these party conferences yes. over the years. Have you ever been to one which has started so disastrously? Um, I think it's always the case that in the, uh, the first day, in the weekend going into any party conference, uh, there's always a, a period of turbulence. It's a bit like landing at Hong Kong airport. Uh, you, you get the crosswinds, uh, but then uh, uh, as the week goes on, uh, once the plane has landed, once ministers get into uh, their rhythm, uh, then they, the, the tempo and the nature of things change. But I have to say, as turbulence goes, it has been a pretty hairy 24 hours. And you've shot one of the wings off. Well, you I wouldn't and, say that. You and your colleagues have no. forced the c- Chancellor into a humiliating U-turn well, hours before his biz- big party conference speech. I think uh, I myself, uh, when I was a minister in those distant days in the past, <laughs> have, have had to uh, change, adapt uh, uh, or drop uh, policies. And uh, it is always better to get ahead of things. And I think Kwasi was uh, absolutely right to recognise for the reasons that he stated in fairness earlier, uh, that uh, this was not the right tax cut, uh, certainly not uh, the right tax cut at this time, and that other elements of the growth plan were more important, and it was uh, wise, I think, and right of him to make that change, to have listened, um, and that means that actually he can rest back control of the agenda for the things that he really wants to talk about. You suggested yesterday that in in its form as it stood yesterday you might not vote for it. You didn't confirm that you would vote yeah. for it. With this 45p tax rate taken out, would you now vote for the rest of the package? Well, yeah, I think so, on the basis of everything that I know. Um, and again, to be fair to Kwasi and to Liz, they'll have an opportunity both this week and also when Parliament returns to lay out more detail in the growth plan overall. And I think, again, in fairness to them, um, there, were, uh, there were lots of good things that they announced and some potentially interesting things, the detail of which we'll all have to analyse and scrutinise. Um, um, and the, the, the debate over the 45p uh, tax increase obscured that. So, uh, I, I, naturally, I'm still a Conservative MP, last time I checked, um, uh, and <laughs> I'll check in with the Chief Whip later, um, and, <laughs> and therefore I will want to support, and I think, as I say, on the basis of everything I've heard, there's lots that can be enthusiastically supported. Why was it OK for George Osborne and the Cabinet that you sat in to cut the top rate of tax from 50p to 45p at the height of austerity 10 years ago, but it's not right to cut it from 45 to 40p now. Well, I I can give you a scoop. I disagreed with that. Um, um, And I remember having a a discussion with um, uh, David Laws, who was Lib Dem uh, uh, minister at the time and a friend of mine, who thought it was the right thing to do overall. I didn't, for the reasons that, uh, uh, that you mentioned. Now, of course, if you're a member of a team um, and you have an opportunity to express your view, but you're in a minority, you go with it, you go with the team and recognise that uh, uh, you've lost that internal argument and that it's important to be part of a, a coherent government uh, unit. But uh, at the time, I wasn't convinced that, that that change was the right idea either. You backed Rishi Sunak. Yeah. 
during the leadership contest, he repeatedly said, if you unveil a package of unfunded tax cuts, the pound will, will crash, the markets will get spooked, interest rates will go up. He's been completely vindicated. You've been completely vindicated. Have you told Liz Truss, I told you so? No. Um, and you tempted to? No, no. Um, you were right, weren't you? Well, I, yeah, but I've been wrong lots of times in my career. <laughs> um, uh, and therefore, uh, I, you know, just because uh, on one particular issue, an important one, uh, you find yourself in a different position from uh, the government and the leader of your party, that doesn't entitle you uh, to read across into other areas. So, yes, I, I back Rishi. I thought his economic analysis uh, during the leadership campaign was right. Um, but Liz won. She won the debate and the contest. She's got the, uh, uh, the right now to, uh, to govern in tune with the, the broad arguments that she laid out during that leadership election. And uh, I'm not going to change my view on certain issues, but I also think that she's entitled to the time and space to make her case and to make the changes that she argued for during their campaign. She hasn't got a mandate to do that, though, has she? This is such a departure from what you and every other Conservative MP was elected on in 2019. Where's her mandate? Well, I think there are two things. I think you're absolutely right that we need to respect uh, the vote in 2019. The reason why we won in 2019, um, the reason why Boris won that majority, is because people were not only rejecting Corbyn and not only voting to get Brexit done, but there was a broad, for want of a better word, one-nation vision that Boris uh, was articulating, uh, levelling up, a phrase often uh, uh, used, often abused, was at the heart of it. Um, I think that has to be at the heart of everything that the government does. But on top of that... We did have a leadership election during which Liz laid out a particular set of policies that she believed could build on everything that we'd uh, uh, already sought to achieve, and she got a mandate for uh, those changes she from the Conservative the, Party not, members. Not from the country, she didn't. No, no, but no, no beyond the 57% of yeah. the very small group of people who are Conservative Party members, what you've just laid out, levelling up, was, was, a, was a big spending yes. state interventionist well, policy... As laid out by Boris Johnson, it was all about more hospitals, more schools, more police officers, more doctors, more nurses. She's now talking about shrinking the state. Well, levelling up was about much more than that, in a way, and it wasn't really, I'd argue, um, about big government. It was about smart government, and it was about interventions in order to make sure that the private sector could invest in places that had been overlooked and undervalued in the past. So, yes, there was a role for government to play, but a ha as a handmaiden to the private sector, uh, not a replacement for it. Um, now, Liz, in the uh, uh, investment zones, the enterprise zones that she's laid out, I think is operating emphatically in that spirit. But it's also the case that events happen in politics as we've realised over the last 24 hours, um, and uh, in response to everything that's been happening in the global economy um, with uh, 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 Putin's invasion of Ukraine, then any Prime Minister, whether it was still Boris in office or uh, Liz or if Rishi had won, would uh, automatically course-correct in order to deal with some of those circumstances. And I think Liz is right to say that uh, we need to have a focus Rishi on Sunak, economic growth. Rishi Sunak, though, wouldn't have announced £45 billion of unfunded tax cuts. Uh, no. So why do you think it's all right that she's done that? Well, I, I explained yesterday uh, where I had my concerns. Uh, Kwasi and, uh, uh, and Liz have listened, not just to me, but to lots of people. Um, they've listened, they've made a change. I now think it's, it's not just polite, but also a recognition of the Prime Minister's position that uh, uh, she has a bit of time and space now uh, to outline at this conference and next week in Parliament... Uh, how the package will work. Um, and uh, I think, you know, the, the, um, I've said my piece on uh, one particular issue. 
Uh, people have said thank you in various different tones. Um, and now I think... Uh, any other issues that you now have your eye on that you're not happy no, with? No, no, no. I, again, I think uh, I've got to be uh, appropriately... I think all MPs have to be um, appropriately considerate and respectful of the position the PM and the Chancellor find themselves in. I've been a minister. I know how tough it can be. Um, I know that um, uh, friendly advice can sometimes... I don't, know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was the Star me. Wars theme sheet <laughs> uh, uh, at that point. Yeah, I know that friendly advice can sometimes be welcome and sometimes uh, not so welcome in its timing. So, uh, again, you know, it may, there may be things in the future, um, issues that arise where I might find myself disagreeing with the government. But on the whole, um, if you're an MP, you want to be in a position to be able to Warn before high and rather than being in open dispute. So, um, do, did you support Boris Johnson when he said that uh, benefits should rise in line with inflation? Yeah. And so you think that should still happen? Uh, that would be my view, but I'm not in the box seat in number 11 at the time, but that would be my view, definitely. And if it, did, if it doesn't, would you vote against it? Um, I, will w- I will wait to see what the whole package is, but what I don't want to do... I mean, you know... Uh, it's entirely legitimate for uh, anyone to ask any MP, right, OK, what's your position on X, Y, Z? Things move, contexts change. Um, uh, my overall belief is uh, uh, Boris's argument was right. Uh, I, I would need a lot of persuading to move away from that, but I, I wouldn't want to prejudge an argument that was put in front of me before that argument was made, because in crises, you sometimes have to do things and embrace policies that... Uh, uh, would, in other circumstances, be deeply unattractive. But my basic position, my starting position is, yes, Boris was right. And how many of your colleagues do you think agree with you? I don't know. I, the, 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 I, I uh, uh, funnily enough, even though it's Conservative Party conference, I haven't had a chance to talk to many MPs uh, in the course of well, the There aren't many here. It's no. just a cabinet and you causing trouble. Well, uh, I think there are one or two other uh, supportive <laughs> MPs here as well. Um, if they do bring forward not increasing yeah. infl- um, benefits in line with inflation. Yes. It sounds like you're going to vote against it. It's just a question of whether or not you can force them into a second U-turn. No, I, I, I wouldn't put it that way. I think I've got, I've got a preference. Um, and uh, Are there any circumstances in which you would vote for benefits not going up in line with inflation? Uh, I can't predict how... Liz and Quasi will unveil and develop their package, and I, I don't want at this stage to anticipate second guess or uh, uh, try to backseat drive. How bad would it be if the Conservatives didn't put up benefits in line with inflation and also embarked on a round of spending cuts? Uh, I think it would be tough, but again, we're in a very difficult situation. Uh, uh, Every budget is going to have to be reviewed. I think that we should look at those decisions thinking always how are the most vulnerable in our society going to be affected? How can we protect them? That when there are chill economic winds blowing, it's those who have least who suffer most, and therefore we've got to have them first in our minds. Um, But again, entirely legitimately, uh, any of us can focus on one individual measure. I think the important thing is to look at the overall package when it's unveiled. Do you think the tone of this conference has been right? Where you've seen, actually, Liz Truss, Kwasi Kwarteng, Jake Berry, the Conservative Party chairman, 
their answer to everything seems to be that people at the bottom of society who are struggling most should go and get a better job, as if they hadn't occurred to them before that that was, that was a possibility. Well, it's up for me to uh, infer how people will hear or uh, interpret the, the comments of others. I think if we look back at the major announcement, and it should really have been perhaps the only announcement in the, um, uh, in the mini-budget at that time on energy prices, that was explicitly designed in order to help everyone in society and to help most those who uh, are most exposed to the increase in energy prices. So um, if you look at the biggest action, the biggest intervention that the government has made, it is in tune with that spirit. Um, I want to ask you about this, uh, the buzz, the buzz phrase, supply-side reform. Yeah. Which everyone is talking about is the panacea, which is going to yes. sort everything out and the economy is going to boom. And quite a lot of them cut across areas that you've been previously responsible for. Yeah. Planning. You yes. had a, you've had, you had a go at doing that. Mm. It had to be dropped. Fracking. You were the environment secretary. Yes. Fracking didn't happen on your watch. On childcare, mm. uh, Liz Truss is revisiting something she tried to do when you were education secretary. Is any yeah. of this going to happen? Yes. So, again... Um, on childcare, the reason why Liz didn't prevail was because of the nature of the coalition, the arithmetic at the time. So did you support Liz at that time? Yes, I did. Um, and I think that there are uh, uh, changes that can be made, uh, uh, and they will move the dial. They will enable more people to be uh, in work, and they will also ensure that, uh, if properly implemented, which I, I believe they will be, that children have uh, a, a better start in life. Uh, on planning, I think there is a way to have meaningful planning reform. Um, I think that provided there's an emphasis on uh, the aesthetic quality of new building, provided you get infrastructure alongside the new housing, provided there's a democratic element involved and provided you take care of the environment, you can do so. Um, well, just on that, yeah. you tried that and you had to drop it in the face of opposition from Conservative MPs. Yeah, it, 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 why, why, why can Liz Truss achieve what Michael Gove couldn't? Uh, well, she's got formidably greater political skills than I have. Not judging by this week, she hasn't. Well, she's the Prime Minister and I'm not. Uh, so, uh, uh, she, no, she has. So I, I think um, we had to pause planning reform uh, when my friend Rob Jenrick was, um, uh, uh, you know, housing and levelling up minister. When I took over, we were in the process of looking at how we could still reform the planning system but take account of people's concerns. Um, and my sense from um, everything that Simon Clark is doing is that he understands that you can't uh, 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 bulldozer or steamroll um, these reforms through. You have to take people with you, not just people in the House of Commons, but people in communities where new houses are needed. And I think provided those things, beauty, infrastructure, democracy, environment, are addressed, then you can make it work. I want to play you a clip of... Uh... Uh, an election winner back in 2010. Uh, speaking of the Tory party conference back then, let's take a listen. We should remember where we've come from. Three defeats, 13 party conferences, 4,757 days in the wilderness. And you remember all the things they said about us? They even called us a dead parrot. That we had ceased to be. We were an ex-party. But it does turn out we were actually only resting. <laughs> and here we are. That was David Cameron speaking back yes. in 2010. Lots of people I was speaking to last night in the bars and around the conference centre all talking about their very real fear that this might be an ex-party again, that Liz Truss is 33 points behind in the polls, catastrophic personal ratings when it comes to economic competence, even before what's happened on the 45p rate. Do you worry that she's undoing all of the work that you did in opposition, sitting on the floor of policy exchange, eating pizza with Danny Finkelstein and so on? Do you worry that she's undone all of that work and it is a return to the nasty party and you're heading for a terrible election defeat? No, 
uh, I think when in government, particularly when you're facing difficult circumstances, you have to adapt and change. Even during the period when David was leader of the opposition between 2005 and 2010, we had a, an economic crisis in 2008 that meant that we had to change. Not change our values, but um, from uh, having said, let sunshine rule the day, we then had to secure a doctor's mandate to come in and to, uh, to deal with uh, the economic damage that the crash had caused. Similarly, um, the modernization of the Conservative Party, its adaption to uh, changing circumstances, it's always an ongoing project. Uh, Boris uh, changed the Conservative Party, changed its coalition post-Brexit in order to make sure that we were a more broadly based party, that we drew people from a wider degree of uh, 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 social backgrounds, that there were more people that we were representing on average and below average incomes. That was a good thing for government. Now we have a crisis all Western democracies are facing for the reasons that we all know. That requires toughness. And one thing that Liz has in, in spades is toughness. So, uh, you know, cometh, you the, cometh the moment, cometh the style. She's not been that tough. She's, she's, she's buckled in the face of you and Grant Shapps. Um, I think she's recognised, um, as we all do um, in politics, that um, if you uh, bite off just that little bit more than you can chew, then the right thing to do is to uh, extract the gobstopper, as it were, <laughs> um, and then to get on with the job. Um, you had lots of praise heaped on you a few months ago when you, were, when you wrote a piece in The Times and you said you were stepping back from frontline politics. Yes. How long do you give it before uh, Liz Truss does what Boris Johnson did and Theresa May did, where they bit their tongue and had to pick up the phone and said, Michael, come back to government? I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, 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 and I think Is that because she doesn't want you or because you don't want to do it? Would you like to do it? Uh, no, I think that uh, uh, things have moved on. So I'm still an MP, still part of the Conservative family. Um, uh, I want a Conservative Prime Minister to do well. Um, and while I've had a disagreement with Liz and Kwasi over this, um, I worked with Liz in government. I like her. Um, I want her to succeed. Um, but I also recognise that um, she uh, now we're both entering a phase where she needs to have her team working for her in a particular way, um, and I can support at a distance. Isn't it, isn't the truth that almost everything she's p pursuing is completely at odds with your brand of one nation conservatism? No. Um, uh, well, you, yeah, but most of what you, most of your supportive comments have basically been, you're a Conservative MP, and therefore you have got to support the Conservative Prime Minister. No, I, I think on, you know, for example, on childcare, um, on planning, I think Liz is doing the right thing. Again, uh, so much uh, depends on the execution. I think that uh, the concentration on economic growth, and I think some of the other supply side changes that that we've talked about are absolutely the right thing. Um, uh, Liz is naturally a bit more of a libertarian than I am. But you can't have a functioning and successful political party or movement without having, uh, you know, different instruments in the orchestra. Um, and, you know... Uh, uh, what instrument are you? I'm the tuba. Right. <laughs> what instrument's Liz? Uh, Liz is the lead violin. Right, very good. Very good. Um, uh, so what will you do, then? Will you stay as an MP? Yes, my plan is to stay as an MP, um, do uh, a little bit of writing and thinking, uh, maybe even learn from master broadcasters like yourself. Very good. Um, and, and see what I can do. We look forward to that. Now, we should ask, I want to ask you about Ibiza. Yes. What were you doing at an open-air nightclub with 5,000 other people? Dancing. To what? Uh, Calvin Harris. 
Oh, of course, this is the song when you, you yes, told sir. Stig Aber what the song was and he thought you were paying him a compliment. Uh, yes, exactly. I think that reveals that... Uh, I think you texted me afterwards. I don't want to reveal too much. Yeah. Um, pointing out that if only I'd been on your show, Matt, you would have known uh, instantly, instantly who Calvin Harris was. Calvin Whereas Harris was. Stig, yes. uh, you know, who's a bit of a centrist dad, um, I'm afraid, <laughs> you know, he's... Br- He's probably still listening to Crosby, Stills and Nash. I think you could well be right. Uh, but now, uh, Michael Gove, stay there, because you've said you're going to do the quiz. You told me last night you wanted to do the quiz. We've got your certificate and everything. <laughs> this might be your, finally your chance to get to number 10, which has so far eluded you so many yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to do it now, either. But well, we'll, see. we'll see how we get on. Right, stay tuned. Michael Gove plays the quiz next on Times Radio. Yes, it's time for our hugely popular quiz, Can You Get to Number 10? Ten questions loosely connect to ten cabinet jobs. The more questions you get right, the better the job you get, taking your place alongside our listeners and guests. If you make it all the way to number 10 and get that right, you'll cross the threshold to become our show's Prime Minister and, of course, get a certificate. And today's backbencher playing the quiz is an actual backbencher. It's Michael Gove. Are you ready? Uh, yes, Matt. Any particular cabinet job you've got your eye on, as I always ask everyone who plays the quiz? Uh, nothing in particular. <laughs> nothing I would moment. say. Right, yeah. very good. Uh, come on then, let's Minister do... without Portford. Minister without that's it. You only need to get one question for that. OK, hang on, I've got the bell. I've got the bell. Here we go. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's play Candy Get to number ten. Okay. Question number one to become Minister without Portfolio. Complete this well-known phrase, the boy who cried... Wolf. Is the correct answer. Uh, question number two for digital culture, media and sport. Everyone knows you love Calvin Harris, but what is his nationality? He's Scottish. Is the correct answer. Question number three for environment, food and rural affairs. You performed a U-turn of your own during the lockdown, trying to decide whether which popular British foodstuff constituted a substantial meal or not. A Scotch egg. Scotch egg is the correct answer. Question number four for transport secretary. What was the name of Captain Hook's ship in Peter Pan? Ooh. Was it the Happy Wanderer or the Jolly Roger? The Jolly Roger. Is the correct answer. Question number five uh, for Education Secretary. How many squares are there in a Sudoku puzzle? Nine. Nine squares. Yes. No, it's nine by nine, so it's 81. Oh, right, oh, sorry. You've got a long way off. Yeah. You, don't, you can't even be education secretary anymore, I Michael. know. But you've made it to transport secretary, so look, here we are. Matt Shirley's pleased to approve the appointment of Michael Gove to the position of transport secretary. Would you like to... That's one you haven't done, isn't it? No, I, I, I haven't. This is a great honour. Thank you, Matt, for the, the, the honour that you've done. Do I, do I now... Do I now kiss hands? Yes, there we are. Kiss, kissing hands all around. There we are. We can see that on the, on the camera. Look, Michael Gove, there he is. He's, he's finally made it. A round of applause to Michael Gove, everybody. Well, that sounded sarcastic, but there we are. <laughs> That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Red Box Podcast. Don't forget you can listen to me live Monday to Friday, 10 till 1 on Times Radio. We bring you the best bits here on the podcast. And if you're feeling particularly nice, why not wait and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.